Hello, and welcome to the Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur, where Hayut Yogev speaks with entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs about reaching or missing the critical point of approaching the right customer with the right message at the right time and place. The point where business success starts. And here is your host, Hayut Yogev. Episode 266 Hey my riches, I am Chayut and it's a pleasure being here with you today. Mickey Rooney said, you always pass failure on your way to success. And today we are going to talk about failures and successes and to hear from three most successful entrepreneurs that used their failure to reach the highest records. Tukara Charisma is a digital marketing consultant and business growth strategist. She is the CEO of Charisma Marketing, a full-service digital marketing agency dedicated to growing elite e-commerce brands online through email marketing, social media marketing, PPC, SEO, website conversion optimization, and more. Having built her own successful e-commerce business back in 2007, Tokara is now considered one of the world's top e-commerce marketing experts. Her out-of-the-box approach to digital marketing and expertise in the online business growth space is why I've asked her to join me today. Tukara Charisma, what a pleasure to have you here. Hi. Hi, I'm so excited to be here with you today. I'm so excited that you are here. You've got successes and we already started to hear about it and we will hear about it in a minute. But I want to ask you, what is your biggest, most critical failure with customers? The one that affected your entrepreneurial journey the most or almost the most? Yes, yes. I have a twofold failure. <laughs> One, we have all, they say the most successful people fail the most, right? The, the right. important part is how we pick ourselves up, dust ourselves off and keep moving forward. But the biggest failures would be one, taking on clients without the bandwidth, without the support system that I needed. So we are in demand and blessed to be in demand. And we at some points want to take on clients when we just don't have the right support team in place. And that's not a fair thing for us to do because when we do that, we don't give them the best results or the best client experience with us. And we want to be the four seasons of ad agencies. We want to build out mm. that five-star experience. And so I think the biggest failure I've done is take on clients without having the proper support system in place and knowing that we were stretched very, very thin. And then the second failure would be that I took on clients, especially when I was newer, when, you know, you're kind of wanting, you'll take any client, right? When you're first right. learning. And I said yes, when I should have said no. And hmm. that is why we're so, we turn away so many people now because it's not about the money anymore. Like it was when I was first starting, it's about wanting to build long-term relationships. And so when I would bring on clients that 
thought we might be the magic pill or weren't ready for ad agency services, that that was when we failed because we weren't working with a partner that had everything in place. So it's kind of like putting a Ferrari engine in a VW bug, right? Mm -hmm. It just couldn't handle what we were trying to do. So in hindsight, I should have said no. So knowing when to say no whether it's your bandwidth is stretched or whether you don't think you can get results. And I've made those failures too. And I'm, I'm still learning to this day how to say no. Hmm. Yeah, it is challenging because we want to succeed and we also want to help a lot of clients. So it's challenging to say no, but as you said, it is for the good of the client. Yes. Now I would like to hear the story about your greatest, most significant success as a result of the right customer focus or something you did right about approaching your customers? Yeah, I think for us and what I, we always say what makes us different is that integrity. And I, I'll be completely honest. I truly believe I work in an industry of snake oil. I really do. Oh. Where I do is... <laughs> You know, the coined, quote unquote, bro marketers, there's smoke and mirrors, there's empty promises right and left. And so for me, what has worked has kind of been flipping that on its head and, you know, kind of taking on the industry as a whole and saying, I'm not okay with this, right? Like, this is what I stand for. I stand for full reporting. So when we talk to our customers, it's almost like we're flipping all the ways in which they've been mishandled and mismanaged by other agencies and saying, you deserve this, right? So we do full transparency. We'll tell you when we're wrong and we've done something wrong. We want to meet with you regularly and build a long-term relationship. We're always on camera with them. So it's, it's about doing business with people. Like I said, you know, people want to do business with people, not companies. So you'll never get on a call with our team and have their video off. You know about them. You know about their children. You know their dog's name, you know? So, <laughs> so it's, I think the customer approach for us has, and I worked for nine years for Four Seasons. They're an amazing company. And talk about learning excellence in customer service. And I truly believe there have been times where we have not gotten the best results. We just haven't. But because our clients trust us and they know that we will do everything in our power to find that success for them, to work hard, to build their brand and give us the time to do it, that has saved us on so many occasions. And I'd like to say we do things right and really well most of the time, but we're human, right? So we can't always win. But I think that customer approach of really wanting to get to know your customers deeply and build build a personal one-on-one relationship with them has really helped us maintain our customers long-term, probably more long-term than most agencies. Do you have any particular story about the success with a client? Yeah. So, well, one, I'll, I'll talk about stepping into fear. When I first started, I had to get clients. I didn't have referrals, which is how we get most of our clients these days. Um, I had to just start from the ground up. And I did something that I think most you know, budding entrepreneurs won't do when they're first starting. I stepped into fear and I went for the big dogs. <laughs> so <laughs> one of my first clients ever who's still with us, you know, almost four years later, my son was working on a project at school. He's in high school now. And wow. he was using a video editing software. 
And I looked up that video editing software's ads because I ran ads, right? And I realized they were struggling. They just did not have great customer feedback. They didn't have great ads. And so I went directly to this uh, company. It's a SaaS company. And I said, can I get connected with your director of digital marketing? And you would think this little girl just starting out, right, would not connection. <laughs> well, it turns out this company has over 30 million users wow. and their neighbors were Facebook, Google, you know, this is the big guys. And I got the client. And I think it's funny because I had just interviewed someone for uh, my own YouTube. And I said to her, she was about getting celebrities. So you would get your, how do you get your products to celebrities? And I said, well, what do you recommend in the pitch, in the email pitch when you're, when you're approaching them and want to get your product to them? Because they must be getting so many pitches every day. And what she said back to me took me right back to my first year um, doing ads, which was actually you'd be surprised. They don't get as many pitches as you think because people are scared and they don't think that it'll work. And that's exactly what happened to me. It was that people were so scared to approach a big client, but the only difference between you and your competitors is you stepped into fear and asked for it and allowed the door to get open and they were able mm -hmm. to walk through the door. So that was probably my biggest success story. And like I said, still to this day, they are a client with us and we are serving, you know, helping serve over 30 million of their customers, which is just amazing. So amazing. not stepped into fear that wouldn't have happened. Hmm. What a beautiful story. Yeah. Michael Canavo started his career on social media. He was able to infuse his own understanding of viral content, social platforms, and demographic interests into Super 73, causing it to accelerate the growth and visibility of the company. As the company grew, so did his social media presence. With 500,000 followers online, Michael has been able to pull back the curtain on what life is like within Super 73, how the company has succeeded, and where it is going next. Michael Canavo, what a pleasure to have you here. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be on your podcast. It's a pleasure to have you, and I know you've got successes, and we'll talk about it in a minute. But I would like to ask you to tell us what is your biggest, most critical failure with customers, the one that affected your entrepreneurial journey the most or almost the most? I think, you know, a matter of, of really understanding what they want. I think early on, we kind of had this idea of what we wanted to do. And we kept trying to to insist to our customers, hey, this is what you want. This is the product for you. Mm. And, you know, we we're missing a few key features. Uh, we were missing some things that were really important to them. And as a result, uh, you know, we heard that directly from the customers. And I think it really changed our, our, the way that we view our products, the way we view our, even from designing it to prototyping to testing it, we really engage with the customers now. And, and, you know, we didn't initially, and I think there are a few missteps on those early bikes where we could have grown a lot if we had listened to more of the feedback early on. Hmm. Love that. And now I would like you to tell us the story of your greatest, most significant success 
as a result of the right customer focus or something you did right about approaching your customers? Absolutely. You know, I think um, we recently released a bike called the ZX. Um, okay. It's not, not necessarily too, it's not necessarily too remarkable of a product, but it is a perfect product for a demographic that was asking for it for a long time. We really took into, uh, into account what customers were saying in the comment sections, what they were saying on reviews. We put together a giant board of those comments and we designed a bike off of that board. So we took everybody's feedback, everybody's complaints, everybody's positivity, um, things they loved about it, things they hated about it, things they wanted to see. And we brought as many of those features into a bike as we could. And that really created something so magical because it fit exactly what our customer was looking for. And when we released that bike, it was positivity across the board. Everybody was so happy. The customers were happy. Our design team was happy. You know, the, the whole company was feeling good about it because we got to see for the first time, this is a direct reflection of listening to what the customer wants. And is it a huge success or you don't know yet? Oh, it's it's been a big success. It's one of our best-selling bikes this year. Um, we've reached new demographics. We have people riding Super 73 that were never riding before. Um, we are engaging with new audiences for the first time. It's really expanded what our company does because we were able to offer something that, that really fit the needs of, of our customers. So how do you actually develop a product for Gen Z mm -hmm. and for baby boomers and uh, Gen X? Yeah, together. It's, it's, I mean, I guess they have different comments, different needs, different wants. Yes, yes. Gen Z uh, and millennials, they want cheap and uh, they want fast. You know, it's, it's about um, the thrill, not only being able to save some money and brag about how much money you saved, but it's also about, um, hey, does this thing bring my life value? Does it bring my life adventure? And, and for, you know, the other end of that spectrum, baby boomers, it's really about like, is this thing quality and does this benefit my life? And so we had to meet all of those needs. We had to be cool. We had to be fast. We had to be affordable. We had to be economic. Um, and so plugging all those features in and kind of finding that really beautiful middle ground where you could see a 14-year-old on this bike and you could see a 74-year-old on this bike and they both look like they're having a blast. That's what we wanted. We wanted something that would fit into their lifestyle. So it's lightweight compared to our other bikes. It's easy to use. There's not a lot of switches. It's very simple. Turn it on, turn it off, ride, go. Um, it's a very elegant product in its simplicity, and we really love it. Amazing. Khaled Maziad is a marketing consultant who specializes in the psychology of persuasion and high-ticket sales. He helps coaches transform their uncharged, non-mandatory offer into a high ticket and without having Tony Robbins-like brand. He shares his story on struggling to give away his stuff for free, to charging high-ticket offers and helping his clients from all around the world do the same. He is known as the copy and messaging alchemist. He has also been featured in ANLP, Fox, CBS, and NBC. Khaled 
is a professional member of ANLP International CAC, a certified master of NLP, and holds a degree in civil engineering. Before becoming marketing, Khaled worked with traders and professionals, fund managers, helping them master their mental edge in trading and life. He also had over 15 years of experience as a project manager where he managed multi-million dollar projects on three continents. Khaled lives with his wife and two kids in Sydney, Australia. Let's hear his story. Khaled Marziad, what a pleasure to have you here. Hi. Hi, Khaled. Thank you for having me. <laughs> It's so great to have you here. And you've got successes, and we'll talk about it in a minute. But I want to ask you, what is your biggest, most critical failure with customers? The one that affected your entrepreneurial journey the most or almost the most? Yeah, uh, there are there are many, but uh, mm -hmm. I would I would say um, the biggest one of them is not testing the offers before, uh, like putting a lot of time in in something before you test uh, before validating it. And what I mean by that, it's it's very tempting uh, that you we spend a lot of time preparing, and the perfectionist in me. Uh, wanted things to be perfect, wanted things to be amazing, wanted things to be very valuable for everyone. And what I did, I, I, I used to have this, uh, I worked on a product once and I was like I was perfecting it. Hmm. And I didn't show it to anyone, didn't get any feedback, didn't ask anyone if they wanted or not. And I worked like month, a month on it. And when I put it out there, like no one even cared about it. And it was really, really big failure because like when you put like you put all the time, you put all the effort and at that time you feel like, what am I doing wrong? And like why those people are not buying or what what, what am I doing wrong here? And uh, sometimes I, I would say it like, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like, when i'm saying it now it's, it's gonna sound funny but at that time it wasn't actually funny it was it was really hard and then like i reached a point that i said like maybe this is not for me maybe i'm doing maybe i'm just gonna go get a job and then just keep doing what i'm doing and then like what i know better better than what i'm doing here uh but yeah like not not uh understanding and not testing the offer before validating at least validate the offer beta do some beta testings for things that was one of huge failures for me and then after that like one of the biggest lessons i learned from that is to never work uh like and the, i i just want to make this clear so i'm not saying like don't make an amazing product like you must have an amazing product what i'm saying is you just need to make sure that don't waste your time make, make something very perfect in your head because you think people will want it without asking actually people and just do like a beta test of it and see like is this valid idea if this if there is someone out there who's gonna buy this if there is someone out there who really need this and when was the turning point when things started to work for you 
Actually, it 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 wasn't. I I wouldn't say it it was just a one turning point because uh, I, I hope it was that easy for me to be honest. But for me, it was like ups and downs all the time. Like something gonna work and then something gonna stop. But if I if I talk about a major turning point for me, it's uh, it's when actually I started um, understanding marketing a deeper level and i'm not i'm not saying just the gimmicks and i'll like just uh, put this in the headline or put that and and if you just try to send this email it's it, it, it just to understand the deep psychology of what people actually want and how to present ideas differently uh, what i mean is people don't they don't just need data and facts they need also to be entertained uh, they need your. They just don't need like dry value. And I know that again sounds uh, weird. Uh, most people think like oh, I just need value, and uh, we can argue about that. But uh, there is a reason why people are spending lots of time watching like social media and and Netflix and all these movies and games and YouTube and this kind of stuff because they are entertaining. Yeah. Uh, so my my turning point was is actually how to make things entertaining, how to write and how to say things in an entertaining way that makes people not actually want to keep reading, but actually at the end it inspired them to take an action. So that that was one of my major points when I realized that I was writing in an academic way more like hmm. than in in a writing way. In an entertaining way. Now, please tell us the story of your greatest, most significant success as a result of the right customer focus or something you did right about approaching your customers. Yeah. We had a product once that we... Um, I wouldn't say that it's the greatest, but it, it, was, it was really great at, uh, when it happened because that that what makes me understand finally like i you know like sometimes you used to like the eureka point of life say oh like i got it now 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 yeah. exactly got it i knew exactly how it works and um we we were we were having a product at that time it was in in um helping people at the, um just working on their messaging and what happened is um we did a beta test first, uh, asking people uh, to join at, at, at like a, just a lower price and just to test how, how it's going to work. And we were surprised that we took a small group first in the beta test and we were surprised that the people got value from uh, the beta test that most of them actually, uh, when, when we published uh, the course itself and they will push the program after that the, actually the beta testers they actually some of them they asked me to pay money for the full price uh, because they said like the value that we gained uh, from from what you taught us was was way beyond uh, the, the, the even the full price of the thing and and I, 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 this wasn't for me it wasn't just about the money uh, although like in, in business like it's it's it, this is the way you're gonna know like if your business working or not but for me sure. it it was more about reaching the point that people feel like there is something that you are giving is 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 more is way valuable 
than what they are paying for and and this well, is how like people should feel when you are when, when you are giving value to people they should feel that even though they you are charging them for it they are getting like 10x sometimes more than more value than that 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 was like amazing uh success for me because just like getting feedbacks from people like oh man like i just want to pay you for that like the full if, if i just want to pay the full price for that because the value that they got was way beyond um what we actually gonna pay for mm, wow what a beautiful story i hope you enjoyed these failure and success stories next week we're going to have a new guest and until then bye bye and for you our listeners until the next time it all goes down to this you either reach or miss keep reaching your goals and vision bye thank you for listening to the reach or miss show the podcast for the customer focused entrepreneur you can find all the information links and resources that was mentioned at the show in our website reachormiss.com see you next week